art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. I'm Russ Burlingame, and uh, this is an episode of the new release wall. So with me tonight is Zach Roberts. Hello. And we just got out of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, uh, one of the early Fathom Events screenings. I know that uh, this movie is like got that wonky Kevin Smith release schedule where it's like following the roadshow around the country. So we are going to try to keep spoilers to a bare minimum. I think that we can do that because I feel like it's not the kind of movie where <laughs> story beats yeah. drive a ton of the like narrative around the movie. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, what do you what did you think? Um, I mean, it's a uh, it's a very different film than uh, Jane Let's Jane Son of Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. Um, in so much as it's mostly um, cameo vehicles. Um, which put together, and I think the conversation we're having about like, you know, there's the one scene when he talks about like, uh, at, well, it's not a scene. It's actually what at the beginning when he's talking about climbing way back. Oh uh, yeah, film, yeah. It, I, I would kind of guess that it's a very different type of film that he would have made. Um, pre heart attack. Pre heart attack. Yeah. Um, just because there was a lot of uh, kind of emotion in it. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, there's always like emotional scenes and. And Kevin's, you know, mm-hmm. like chasing Amy or whatever. Um, but, um, but like, it, there was a lot more of the. Um, is that a spoiler? I don't know if it's spoiler. Uh, there about the fa- like kind of family aspect and kind of like how he has this family of, of characters. I, I would say if you're like just that. thinking about the daughter, I, I, oh, I would okay. say it's, it's not really a spoiler because like that's in the trailer. Oh, like okay. I, I always feel like anything that's in the trailer is kind of. Fair I, game. I'm trying to remember. I'm not quite sure if um, I actually have seen the trailer on the fact that like. I wanted to enjoy this. Like, it's like, you know, there's not like a lot of films that like, yeah. you know, these days that, uh, you know, it's like, I, I yeah, I, I kind of get excited about Star Wars films. Yeah. I kind of get, you know, I definitely get excited about like the next Kevin Smith film yeah. that has any of the same characters. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still stand by, I fucking love Yoga Hosiers. Um, <laughs> not just because Kevin retweeted me on that when I was like, finally watch it. Why is everyone cheating on this film? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's awesome. But, um, like, I think it was, it was, it's, it's even more so than, uh, Strike Back. Like, I'm not sure if, if people who aren't, like, Kevin Smith oh, fans yeah. are going to enjoy this at all. Yeah. That's kind of the only difference is, like, there's not the shenanigans that were, especially the big shenanigans or anything like that. This is a very small film. Um, and... And it's and it's it's fine. It's exactly kind of what I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for me, I actually uh, I wrote a review that should be live now at comicbook.com, uh, which is anybody who's listening to this wants to read it. It is a non-spoiler review. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of delved into the fact that after Dogma, which was like the peak of his kind of commercial and and mainstream success, uh. Doing Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was a weird choice because he went from, like, the movie that reached out to everybody. Because it was like, he had Linda Fiorentino immediately after Men in Black and Ben and Matt immediately after yep. Good Will Hunting. Yep. And then he made, like, he, he goes off of that movie and he makes Strike Back, which is basically a love letter to, like, the $20 million worth of fans that have been with him for, 20, for at that point, 10 years. Yeah. And so, uh... <coughs> 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 so, Akam. 
that this this movie is that on steroids, yeah. in the sense that uh, I, I do think that like they do enough exposition that people who haven't seen the movies will understand it. And I think there's bits of it that you'll find funny and bits of it that you'll find kind of touching, but I don't think you'll get nearly as much out of it if you haven't seen... Yeah. I mean, at a bare minimum, Strike Back. Yeah. Because, like, if, if there's a lot of jokes in this that, like, they're funny enough on their own, but the reason they really work is because this is the, like, reworked version of a joke from Strike yeah. Back. Like, it's literally like, oh, I remember when Sean William Scott said that in that same tone of voice. And, you know what I mean? It's actually kind of the reverse version of most reboots, which most reboots are, like, this is the original film. Yeah. And then they make the, like, bigger and every, you know, like, every, you know. Yeah. and so it's, I don't know if that's that's part of an inside joke upon itself, but it um, it is kind of, like, absolute, it is, the original... The strike back was was fan service with mm-hmm. like yeah you can bring your friend yeah um, especially if your friend's like a stoner or something like that because yeah. there's enough of those jokes or or if your um, fan is like if your friend is like a a super movie geek who yeah. just doesn't happen to be into Kevin Smith specifically yeah, yeah. um but this is like I, I like I my like one line review essentially would be like Kevin Smith fans will love it yeah. everyone else I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I, I would love to see this with somebody who is not a Kevin Smith fan. I just don't. I don't think I know anybody who's not yeah, like yeah, just no. my circle of friends. Uh, that you, said, you, one like, would say you need someone outside of your circle of friends. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Da, 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 da. Um. Uh, <laughs> joke that nobody like even more insular than Jane Silent Bob reboot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will say for me, uh, one might say he only has fifty. Fa- anyway, uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I think that craft-wise, like, filmmaking-wise, I think this was a better movie than Strike Back. Uh, for me, part of it is, I think that, like, both of them have the thing of being super inspired by Clerks the Cartoon and the idea that, like, you have these quick little episodic things that happen. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's like a vehicle for cameos. And it's a vehicle for, like, jokes and references and whatever. Yeah. But I think that in this movie, at least to me, I think that the... Um, the thing with Jay's daughter, which, you know, again, like, in the in the movie trailer they reveal, uh, in very early in the movie you find out that Jay and Justice had a daughter that Jay never knew about after the events of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And uh, for reasons that we won't go into, she ends up going with them on their trip to Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, I think that the through line with Millennium and her friends was a lot more uh, effective than the thing with Justice and her friends. And that as a result, it, it gave you connective tissue that makes it feel less like a series of skits and more like there's actually a, like a narrative there. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's like a thin layer of paint. But like for me, like it was it, it was enough for me because as much as I enjoyed Strike Back, one of my critiques of it, even going back to like 2001 was that it felt like it like an extended like an SNL movie. It felt like a Blues Brothers kind of thing where it's like, no, we're just driving around doing a wacky thing and then we drive to the next place and do another wacky thing. Yeah. And like there's a lot of that in this movie, but also like there's much more of a connective tissue of like a real plot and some real character arcs that uh, weren't really pre- present in Strike Back because in Strike Back it was like the the only through line was, hey, we're going to go ruin this movie. Yeah. Uh, so for me, at least, that was, like, I think that that... And again, like, I'm not bad-mouthing the other movie. I'm just saying that, like, 
if you enjoyed that movie and if you're kind of in the same headspace as I am, I think you'll enjoy this one a little bit more because it feels a little bit more like a like a movie as opposed to like a feature length episode of Clerks the Cartoon. Yeah. Um and I, I thought that um first of all, like I, I loved uh Aparna Brielle, the girl who played Jihad. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was fucking great. Uh, yeah, they, she was, yeah. Like, she was a little underutilized in the sense that, like, really, of Millie's friends, it's like you had, um, you know, the, the joke in the movie is that you take uh, take something that you like and add youth and diversity to it. Yeah. And so, like, there's Jay and Silent Bob, and then there's Millie and her friend Soapy, and those two are Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. And then they have, like, a supporting cast that's, like, more diverse in the sense that they have a yeah. uh, a young Muslim girl who's with them and then a Chinese girl who spends the whole movie talking into her, like, uh, podcasting device. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, the the Muslim girl is, is... She's there for a handful of good jokes, and she... Uh, she delivers a lot of really good line reads. Uh, she, like I said, she's a little underutilized, but like between the fact that she's really good in the scenes that she's in and the fact that she's just like really pretty, it's like she sticks out. I, I, um, I, that, I think that that was one of the, to me, that was one of the kind of missed opportunities compared to, and like, again, this is a mm-hmm. remembrance of trying to remember the last time I saw, uh, strike back. I probably should, I should have watched it recently. Uh, but like I just remember those characters having a little bit more depth, mm-hmm. like the rest of them. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that um, Jay's baby mama, um, Justice, Justice, um, had probably the same as much as um, Harley did. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just feel like the rest of them had like at least a little bit more like character and kind of drive than the mm-hmm. rest of them. Obviously, this was different because. He, they all had the same drive. Yeah, and that was that was kind one of, thing. Like, the, and there's, you know, they had a heist. I kind of just wish that they had, like, because not only because it's always, you know, again, if you're going like theme wise and things like mm-hmm. that, that usually when you have a reboot, what you're doing is you're also potentially building out the character world and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think it was a missed opportunity to be like, oh fuck, we could actually have like, because I mean, Harley Quinn is fucking great. Yeah, like she yeah, she's is terrific. It, independent, she's great in fucking everything she she does. She's, yeah. uh, I love Kev, but she's better than her father. <laughs> acting um um because you know kev can do kevin smith and she can at least be you know um and it's funny because like she obviously she came to this right off of the quentin movie yeah um, yeah which where she was she didn't they didn't like if if we're if we're gonna say that uh that that aparna brielle was underutilized in this movie like harley did basically nothing in once upon a time and she was one of the the Hollywood girls. Yeah, um, she was one of the men. But, but I mean, um, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about yoga. Yeah, her, her job was to have great legs because Quentin Tarantino really yeah. likes to shoot people's feet. Which is the only reason um, I'm like kind of creeped out by her being yeah, in that film. Yeah. But um. she, it's, it's you know it's weird because like the first time we met her, she was like 15 or whatever it was at, at yeah. that the the Sin City thing. Yeah. Um, which I can't remember. I think you were my camera guy for that. But anyway, it's like Comic Con 2012. Um, no. Anyway, but... anyway, uh, but it, she was just like I didn't interview her that then. She was like standing in the background yeah. while I was talking to Kev. But like, because of the fact that the first time I met her, she was like super young, uh, and like there was another guy there, like another reporter, who did that thing that like people want to pretend isn't creepy, but it super is. Where he's like, she's gonna be hot when she grows up. Yeah, that's. It's creepy. like no, buddy, yeah. and like she's, she's... Also, like I, it's it's one of these weird things where like there's certain like 
there's certain actors, directors, and like mm-hmm. just celebrity type people, and not even because of our like because we see these people every right, once in a while, yeah. but like like I don't know, like I feel like Kevin Smith is part of my like entertainment family. Yeah, you know, it's just like somebody who I'm like I will always go see his films. I will always end up enjoying them. Yeah, um, you know, and things like that. I still haven't seen the Walrus movie though. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't know if I can ever see it. Honestly, like I've seen enough of it, and I'm like I've seen enough trailers and bits, and I'm like, no, I don't want to think about anyone involved in that film that way. But so it's one of those. I'm like I'm old enough. Like, but but anyway, but it's just like anytime like it's just one of them like it's that mental like protectiveness of mm-hmm. of certain people I yeah mean, no i, I mean that. it's even like you know it's like the black panther or black yeah. panther what the fuck am i saying uh the black lightning, uh, black lightning yeah. uh, like crew like saw them the first thing and like i'm on you know instagram and they're posting i'm like yeah, yeah no no yeah. your family i don't want to think about it. well you're, i mean you know, it's, people it's I know. very similar <laughs> um it's funny i've 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 heard people say similar things about and of course uh billy lord uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yeah. Where it's just like, like yeah, she's very attractive, but fuck, she's Carrie Fisher's daughter. Like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not okay. I mean, and, I, there's, there's, to me, there's like, there's the difference between like, obviously, like, they're and people grow up and 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 yeah. you know, whatever, and you can't just be like permanently like, oh, they cannot be, they cannot be beyond, yeah. you know, a certain age and things like that, and that's like, that's just being like, no, you're just being a dick because now that person can't play unfortunately 90% of roles yeah. that women play in Hollywood or, or write or do whatever things. Yeah. So it's, it's problematic, but it's still, it's just, it ends up being one of those when somebody says something, thinks about it that way. But, um, it's, it's, it's creepy. Um, yeah. you know, when the, uh, anyway, yeah. but, but uh, that's yeah, a massive it, sidetrack, but, it, it, well, but, but the point being like, I, it's, it's always funny because like now you get her like playing roles yeah. where she's a grown up yeah. and it's like, it's it, it it is one of those things where it's like oh look yeah you're right she did turn out to be pretty when she's growing yeah, up you're yeah. still fucked up <laughs> yeah I mean but, the, the difference I think the, <coughs> the reason, original reason we were talking about this is the creepiness of of Quentin Tarantino who is yeah, yeah, yeah. who is known to be kind of an asshole to women on set cue Yuma Thurman yeah, yeah. Um, and but, how that fucking just went by yeah um, and just everyone in Hollywood was like oh we're just gonna ignore that yeah. <laughs> like but. By, and allow him to continue being who he is, yeah. I guess. But I guess it's just one of those, it's not a surprise thing. No, but, um, um <laughs> which, which, again, I mean, to make a moment to, like, you know, give credit to Kevin. Credit Kevin for never being that creep. And yeah, stay, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's actually why I was thinking about it. There's a trailer before the film for a retrospective thing about oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. And there's and, this animated sequence that has a a so lot of of, uh, har- of uh, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, <laughs> like a, Harvey Weinstein. Like a, a very different thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> but he's Weinstein. like sweating and yeah, shifty. Yeah, I mean, so there's clearly something purposeful the, the, in there. And the it's intent like, clearly seems to be that, like, to, to paint Quentin Tarantino is key to the downfall of, yeah, yeah. Which, um, or it's part of the story that I, if I was Quentin, I'd be like, no one's talking about my interaction with him because, uh, anyway, anyway, this yeah, is a massive sidetrack. Yeah. Um, um, I don't even know where we were. We were talking about Harley and I <laughs> yeah. can't even remember. Oh, I just, I was talking about how she had gone to another film and then come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the big things is, uh, Smith talks about the fact that she brought a totally different performance out of Muse than you otherwise would have gotten because like, like Harley is like an actor. Like I talked to her the other day about this movie and she was like, I asked her about the, the performing opposite Jay thing. And she's like, I can't do it. If I think of him as uncle Jay, I have to like, (laughs) I have to be the the character. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so like, 
she's she's that in that headspace. Jay's in the other headspace. Jay's one of those guys who like want he wants to draw on his personal yeah. stuff, and so like he. Well, I mean, it's probably a hell of a lot easier for Jay. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he is playing as you know, yeah, but yeah, a parody of himself first yeah, of all, yeah, but yeah. but also like so so Smith was talking about how the fact that like you got this great performance out of Muse and a big part of it is because like he's not a terrific actor like he's he's Jay he does him just in the same way that you said Kevin Smith does Kevin Smith yeah, yeah. Um, but like you were able to evoke a great performance out of Jay because like the the girl who's on the other side of him who's like crying and yeah. is somebody he cares about and it was like one of those like you see Jay, you see Jay start to tear up in some of these scenes and Kevin was Kevin told me he was like I didn't know you could fucking do that and he's like well I, I, I can't on command but like fuck Harley's crying and yeah, like, yeah 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 <laughs> uh, and so like it's it's so you and I do I agree with Smith I think you got a great performance out of Muse in this one uh, yeah, yeah which is important because like this movie really like it completes his character arc in a really meaningful way. I think that uh, one of the things that this movie kind of illustrates is that Silent Bob... Um, Silent Bob has always just been kind of happy with who he is. Mm-hmm. And there, like his character hasn't had a lot of growth. He's gotten to... And I feel like maybe we're supposed to take away that like his character growth and the thing that changed him was the Amy story. Yeah. Um, and then everything post that is just like no, he knows who he is. He knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I do like the fact that rather than like doing all the no homo humor in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, there's the like, there's a repeated joke about the fact that Jay and Bob have like designated times when they can fuck. Um, yeah. Uh, which I, <laughs> I I wasn't sure if I interpreted that correctly when I first watched the movie. Yeah. I was like, is that are they like saying that that. Uh, but Smith confirmed for me because I asked him about like all the, the no homo humor in the old movies yeah. and how it kind of ties to like the the Islam humor and some of the stuff in this one. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was saying that like no I like I thought it was important that in addition to growing like the, the the dad thing that also Jay and Bob need to be like okay with who they are and the fact yeah. that like there's always been homoerotic subtext between them and they've always shirked away from it and now they're like they're for, they're forty five fifty years old like come on just own who you are yeah yeah. uh which i did i liked and again like i thought even when i was like not sure that that's what it was i kind of liked the fact that they had veered away from the no homo humor and that like the closest you get is jokes about them having sex but there's no inherent judgment to them having sex because they're gay guys there's or not they're they're not gay guys they're bi but like well i mean but we don't know yeah but there's but there's inherent like the humor's not because it's a gay joke. The humor's because it's J and Bob. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Yeah. Um, so like there's that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like the other. One of the things, of course, is that like it's it's hard because of the fact that it is such an episodic movie. And like we said, it kind of jumps from place to place and cameo to cameo. Yeah. It's hard to like talk too much about specifics without breaking down things that like you don't necessarily want to spoil yeah in yeah. in episode and nothing's uh, and nothing spoiler spoilers in the way that like, no oh, i mean obviously you know, it's go, not they talk to ghosts or something yeah they're not gonna fucking uh, but... kill iron man in this movie but <laughs> uh i mean there is an iron suit in the movie but everybody yeah. again that that was in yeah. the trailer yeah um and i assume that'll be a funko pop like because <laughs> they momentarily it. not yeah. least of all yeah because yeah. he they, they mentioned the possibility it is it is it's such an interesting because i mean like in I feel like I feel like in Strike Back they had some of those jokes, but like the fact that it's it walks such a weird line of 
obviously he's making well in the first one yeah they made fun of like the crass commercialism of Hollywood yeah. as much but in this one like they fully embrace the mm. fact that like everything in Kevin's life is commercialized yeah. at this point and you know what? beyond just even the the like the normal the store itself yeah. and and you know kind of what it was back in the 90s with the the view yeah. you know, skew universe um it's, but it's like, funny uh you, you talk about the like the some of the meta stuff in, yeah. in Strike Back. Uh, Kevin keeps telling this story when he talks about reboot that like he like the big thing that inspired reboot was the Gus Van Sant Psycho. Yeah. Because it was like you're coming <laughs> off of Goodwill Hunting, you can do anything the fuck cool. you want, and it's just like no, I want to do a shot for shot remake of Psycho, like just to oh, do oh it. And so like that was what originally, and which is funny because of course Gus Van Sant is in Jay and Silent Bob yeah. Strike Back. He's the, the crass director sitting off to the side yeah. counting his money and not doing his job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, it's not the same scene, but for all intents and purposes, yeah. that's Kevin Smith in this. Like, he's the shitty director who, yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, which again is in the trailer a bunch of times. Like there's there's a yeah. there's a lot of like fuck Kevin Smith jokes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, um, there has to be. But. <laughs> I, I I like I like the the I like the fact that they didn't do the the meta stuff by half measures. It was like no, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and yeah. it's like it's whole hog into like jokes about Smith's like podcasts and jokes about like yeah. it's like no if we're gonna be meta we're gonna be like fully meta and acknowledge the fact that like and obviously there's no they, like i feel like they drew a, a line somewhere in the sand that's like no we're not gonna make jokes about the fact that kevin smith's career started when he was making jay and silent bob movies but like they they toe up to the line as much as they can yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the hell of it. I, I agree with you. I don't think that you can't... I, I, won't, I won't say I don't think you can enjoy it if you're not a Gavin Smith. I mean, I don't think, I don't I don't think you, you can't. I'm just saying, like, I think it's... I, I would put it towards yeah, less likely. It's, it's a... I mean... It's... I mean, here's the thing. It's a... It's a middle-of-the-road, like, better-than-average stoner comedy if yeah. you don't like Kevin Smith. Yeah. So, like, if that's your sense of humor, or, if, like, if you like movies like The Blues Brothers where it's like, yeah. no, it's a road trip where there's a lot of zany shit that goes on, yeah. like, you could give it a try even if you don't know his movies, and yeah. you probably would at least enjoy it even if it's not, like, really your thing. But, like, yeah, yeah I, I, can't, I, I have a hard time imagining anybody really liking Kevin Smith's movies and not enjoying this. Like, I think this... this I think it's just one of those, like, this is not your entry film. No, I think yeah. that... I mean, obviously, like, Tusk isn't your entry film to Kevin no. Smith and things like that, obviously. But, like, to the Jay and Silent Bob world, yeah. um, this is not your entry film. Basically, yeah. any other film can be a good start. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would actually... The, the one that I... Uh, the one that I wave people off of as a starting point is Clerks 2 just because like i love clerks too yeah. but there's two things first of all the fact that like very much like reboot uh it relies on you to understand a lot of backstory in terms of like you you, you have to be at least passingly familiar with the characters of dante randall jay and silent bob because they don't really introduce them i, I think though that in in clerks too they're they're recognizable as as people and like yeah, people in yeah. your lives like he's the guy that loves this and yeah. won't won't agree that another franchise is anything yeah. else and he's this guy that you 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 the middle manager at the yeah. job no matter i mean he's always that so i mean like i feel like and also it's just a it's a tighter film like just i mean mainly just because yeah. it ha it's a happens it in one place people. and that sort yeah. of thing and yeah. you know uh the well the other the other thing that i will uh, tack on as far a reason that i tell i don't i don't tell people to start with clerks too is just the the donkey show 
No. Because I'm just like, I feel like if you aren't invested, um, there's a 50-50 chance that turns you off. Whereas, like... When, I mean, I feel like you're not going into Kevin Smith if that turns, if that's, like, things. Yeah, but... I, mean, like, I think at this point, everyone knows, I mean, I guess, like, enough about Kevin Smith for the most part. I guess part of that, I guess part of that for me is that, like, the, like it felt like the next step. It felt like him trying to recapture like the raunchiness of clerks, uh, in a post like chasing Amy world where like, you know, mall rats was tame compared to clerks. And then you had Amy, which at the time was like considered daring and super woke. Yeah. And, uh, in hindsight, it's really not. Yeah. But, uh, it, it like, there was controversy around clerks and there was controversy around Amy. And I feel like he was trying to court that a little bit and trying to get mm-hmm. back to that and being perceived as like shooting for the next thing in clerks too. Yeah. And again, like that's all like, and I, I'm not like being judgmental about it because obviously I found it funny, but I just, to me, I feel like I, people I know who aren't already Kevin Smith fans, I wouldn't recommend that as their kind of jumping on point. Uh, the, the ones that I typically tend to recommend as a jumping on point because they're so, like easy mm-hmm. are mall rats and uh and dogma yeah uh rats because <laughs> i mean they only like you know try to kill god uh, yeah, in yeah. dogma but yeah yeah, yeah totally. i mean mall rats <laughs> is chronologically the first one even though it's the second movie that's um, true that's true uh i mean it and clerks both take place on the same day but yeah it's chronologically first um but uh but yeah so for for me I think, like, if you like Kevin Smith, I have a hard time imagining that you wouldn't enjoy this movie. Mm. Uh, if you don't like Kevin Smith, I feel like it's it's anybody's guess. It's like, this is the kind of movie that where it's like, if this is your kind of movie, you'll probably think, like, oh, it was fun. Yeah. And kind of move on with your day. I don't think anybody's going to fall in love with this as an entry point movie. Yeah. Uh, but, again, I also kind of feel like the, the odds are, sn- are slim to none that this is going to be anybody's really anybody's entry point other than like some somebody who gets like dragged along with their yeah. boyfriend or girlfriend on a date or something yeah because this is not a good date movie though <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying like i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't do this as a date movie but <laughs> because you're jumping right in especially if your date you're like oh i'm bringing you to a kevin smith film who's this kevin smith and be like no no, no. just no well, just what they tell you in the movie <laughs> i mean well yeah but i'm just saying yeah <laughs> like, no and i, I yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I loved it. For me, it's a it's a five star movie. But again, kind of with the asterisk that like that's because this is my universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Smith and I like I I, I keep referring back. I did an interview with Smith, and uh, I I was talking about this actually on the Talkbuster podcast with Chris Chipman the other day. Mm-hmm. That uh, it was supposed to be like that fifteen minute interview on the phone with publicity listening to make sure you behave yourself, which yeah, is yeah. basically if you've ever been an entertainment reporter, that's that's the normal phoner yeah, like yeah. that's your phone interview yeah and uh this call we just got off on tangents and it went for like an hour and a half and at a certain point uh we realized that publicity was like long gone uh <laughs> in hindsight i actually i think i hear the point where she hung up and it was literally like only about three to five minutes after our time had expired but i said to kevin like hey i know we're running behind but can i get this one last question answered yeah. and he goes no i'm having a great time man as much time as you want and then <laughs> like, okay, there's a fine. noise and i can't be sure that it's her hanging up but like i, I think it's her really hanging like, I'm up. Not letting it, yeah, yeah. You're uh, like, sorry everybody everybody yeah. after you it's no the, i was luckily i was the last one oh you're the last because yeah, oh, he was recording yeah. uh he was recording hollywood babylon that day uh, okay and so like he actually we ended up talking for like an hour and a half and then at yeah. the end he was like 
man, I want to keep talking, but like, I literally have to go shower so I can do a podcast. (laughs) And so like, but, but anyway, um, when, when talking about this in that interview, uh, one of the things that we talked about was the fact that like, this is for, for like, he's like, I've talked to to people. He's like, I've talked to fans. I've talked to people at Comic-Con and shit. Like, this is their end game. And he's like, that's that's not me, because, like, Endgame is my endgame. But, like, uh, but I get, like, the fact that there is a certain amount of, like, pressure for this movie to not suck. And I think that, like, if that's if that's you, if, like, you're going into this going, like, man, I'm, I'm super invested in this world and these characters and in Kevin. Uh, like, this is the first movie since... <sighs> I, I would say at least Clerks 2. That I think that like you're like it's it's really hard to be disappointed by this movie if you know what you're going going in for. Yeah. Like it's you know I I even if like I I think Red State's a good movie. Um. Like I know a lot of people love Tusk. We've talked about Yoga Hosers and like, and so it's like even though those movies all have their audiences, like you acknowledge the fact that everything since Jersey Girl has had like somebody who hated it. Yeah. And and <laughs> and so. But, like, for me, and I'm sure there will be somebody who watches this and hates it, but for me at least, I'm like, I have a really hard time picturing who that person, like, who gives enough of a shit to go out of their way to watch this movie at, like, a Fathom event or some stand-up uh, show where you pay 80 bucks yeah. and then doesn't like it? Like, because this movie just feels to me like it is, di- like, custom-made for the people who are going to see it that well, way. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that Kevin has probably, those fans that, the diehard fans yeah. that will go see, like, those are... That will keep giving him a chance, quote unquote, or whatever, yeah. and be like, oh well, you know, uh, fuck, um, you know, fuck Tusk, but you know, I'm gonna or fuck Red State, and you know, whatever. Fuck Cop Out. Yeah, well, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> which is I, I say that because it's it's well, first of all, Cop Out was not written by Kevin Smith, yeah, so yeah, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, he just yeah. directed it as a gun for hire for Warner Brothers, but also, uh, fuck Cop Out is a line in the movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. I won't say who says it or or what the context <laughs> is, but that is a line in the movie. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, I think that, like, at this point, um, the the Jay and Silent Bob world mm-hmm. fan base is what it is. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I Unless think so. he literally, like, I don't know what the hell he, he could do. Well, he'd have to, like, do to... Dogma 2 with Ben and Matt or something. Like, <laughs> it would have to be something that, like, super fucking mainstream. That, oh, no, like... no, I'm saying I don't know what he would do to lose oh, any to of lose those it, fans. Yeah. Like, oh. the, the fans that go see this film are the fans, like... That that is how much you know. Yeah. That is basically the absolute bare minimum that Kevin can produce. Yeah, anything. yeah. And it's funny, he <laughs> so talked it's about. Like... <laughs> he kind of joked about in the the video intro that they do for yeah. the Fathom Events yeah. thing, the idea that like when when they were pitching the movie to because obviously like Kevin for the last however many years he he like had that moment after uh, Zach and Miri make a porno flopped where he flirted with the idea of just, like, retiring as a director and, like, fucking writing comics for a living or doing stand-up. Yeah. And uh, the way he came out of that and the way that he decided against was to be like, no, what I'll do instead is I'll just, like, make movies that I can afford to make out of pocket yeah. and then turn a profit by doing these road shows. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, worked for him really well as he's been making little $2 million movies and then, like, turning them into $5 million movies and then rolling that money into the next thing. Yeah. But, uh... In in this instance, it's clearly it's it's I mean it's not an expensive movie. I would say that it's it's cheaper than Strike Back would have been, Mostly, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it was a movie that probably costs eight to ten million to make if I had to guess. 
I mean, I, I, I'm always bad with this stuff. We thought that fucking uh, the uh, Blinded by the Light was going to be super cheap, and that one cost like 10 to $15 million. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, that's not true. They, it didn't cost them 10 to $15 million to make it. cost. That's how much Warner Brothers bought it for on the festival oh, yeah, circuit. Yeah. But anyway, point being, uh, like, this movie was relatively inexpensive, but it was still probably three times what Yoga Hosers cost. And yeah, so he yeah. went to studios to get backing for this, and apparently the logic of either Saban or Universal, I can't remember who he said said yeah. this, was basically like, well, we know what his audience, like, yeah. we know what the floor is for his movies. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what Saban, <laughs> Saban is, is doing now. I yeah. mean, like, they, they make films for exactly what they know they will at least Oh, yeah, make, yeah. And that's it. Uh, no, and but... I will say that they've done a bunch of, like, weird kind of quasi-knockoff movies. There's this movie called Final Score, which is basically... Uh, Die Hard, except yeah. in a soccer stadium yeah, with yeah. Dave Bautista, and it's actually really enjoyable as long as you don't like go in expecting it to like replace Die Hard in your heart or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've there's been a bunch of that shit, like where it's just like yeah they had they had one that was very clearly like their speed. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that you're you're right in the sense that like there is a there's like a floor. Of and I'd say like twelve to fifteen million minimum of people who are just like no they've I've I've watched every single one of them since Mallrats on VHS yeah so like of course I'm gonna keep going but uh, sorry <laughs> sorry I was reading an article I didn't I didn't find the cost but I was uh, but uh, a, a hedge fund is involved in the financing anyway um, or something or the debt whatever thing it is anyway uh, but um, but yeah. Um, trying to think of anything else I got I mean yeah it's hard because like I said I, I don't want to get too deep into specifics about yeah. the movie and again not like there's anything really to spoil but yeah. like it's it, it's a movie that really like I said it's it's a movie that's dedicated for a certain fan base and I think that like if you're part of that fan base you know uh, I will say that if you are part of that fan base and you felt disappointed by the last few movies that like again I, and I could be totally wrong but I have a hard time imagining somebody who likes Kevin Smith being disappointed by this movie it's like you, you pretty much know exactly what it is going in yeah i mean and this is nothing like yeah i mean you again you have to go back to you know clerks 2 before anything and yeah. it's and it's it's within the it's within the same realm of clerks 2 yeah. uh, to me like when yeah it comes i mean to and, expectations and things like that it's a it's a different obviously a different film yeah and on a certain um, level it it does the same thing for jay and bob that clerks do did for dante and yeah. randall in terms yeah. of like it leaves them in like at the end of clerks they are not left in a better place. They just have, like, a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Clerks 2, like, they have figured out... Maybe not figured their life out, but they've figured out something really important about themselves. Like, why do we themselves. keep trying to have bigger expectations yeah, yeah. than when they buy what they, they bought it, right? Um, they bought, yeah. yeah. Well, the Jay and Silent Bob bought the Quick Stop, and then... Oh, yeah. Which is funny, because there's a line in this movie where that. they... Jay, like, there's a there's a joke where Jay doesn't understand what intellectual property is, and he says, uh, we don't own any property, and we've never been intellectual about anything, <laughs> and it's like, wait, but don't you own the quick stop? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's not at all, yeah. like, this is not the kind of movie where you're going to get bogged down in that kind of thing, but, yeah. like, to me, it was funny, because... It's I'm also, like, it's been several years, there's a really good chance that they don't own it anymore. That they just... <laughs> that, that Dante or they and forgot about it. That, that's actually... More likely, that, probably. That would be, yeah. Actually, it's funny, um, I, mean, I, I think I told you this before. I haven't said it on a podcast, so I'll say it. Uh, when I uh, just before I interviewed Smith about this movie, I had interviewed Sean William Scott about something else, yeah. and I asked him if they had ever approached him to come back for Jane Silent Bob reboot because there were so many people recurring. 
And he's like, no, you know, and I'm really bummed because I liked Kevin Smith and I really enjoyed that movie and I liked Brent. That, that was his name, right? Brent the Sheepfucker? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, holy shit, you remembered that his name was Brent. I feel like Sean William Scott shouldn't remember that. Um, but yeah. so, like, I asked him, I was, you know, I asked him that, and he's like, oh, no, and he, he starts going off on, like, how bummed he is that he didn't get to go, and he, like, he really likes Kevin. And, and then he's like, wait, they threw me out of that van. Do you think they killed me? Like, do you think I died? <laughs> And and I was like, well, I don't I don't think so, but now I gotta ask. And so like I asked Jay, and he yeah. said, no, that's ridiculous. And then I asked Kevin, and Kevin was like, that's brilliant. He's like, that's great. Yes, I'm. That is my answer. Uh, he's like, if we do a Jay and Silent Bob three in twenty years, it's gonna be about the fact that they have this murder rap that Jay didn't even know was happening. Um, which, which to me, I'm just like, that's like, that's the perfect answer for yeah. that kind of like, it's a joke question. It's just something yeah. to start conversation. Yeah. Uh, the more serious answer is that they did actually approach his agent. Uh, he was never made aware that they that they had been approached because he was in the middle of shooting Lethal Weapon and there was just no way to do it. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So it's it's it, it's that kind of thing where you're just yeah. like, yeah, it's, God damn it. it's agent yeah. Agent did it. Um. They did have a sheep fucker joke though, and then, and then there's the there's actually there's a line in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where Brett Brent is like, I love animals, yeah, and uh, apparently that line like the way he read that line has so amused Kevin and Jay for the last like 20 years <laughs> that they make that like they use that all the time like not specifically animals but they'll use that like voice yeah and so there's a line in Jay and Silent Bob reboot where Jay's like I love sugar and it's like that's it's the like a 20 year old inside joke yeah it's it's, yeah. it's an inside joke inside of an inside joke from an inside joke and it's yeah, just yeah. like yeah I I, I I knew it sounded vaguely familiar, but I don't think I would have caught it if Smith yeah. hadn't told me outright that that's what that joke was. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's a. Uh, I, I think I was headed in some direction that I've now forgotten. Uh, telling like getting bogged down inside of stories inside of stories there, <laughs> but um, but yeah, for me, I mean, I I enjoyed the hell out of the movie. I'm really tempted to just stop recording right now because we're at 37 minutes, but nice. um, <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a yeah. uh, it's definitely worth it's definitely worth watching. Like I said, for me, I, as somebody who loves these movies, like this is this is my, probably like this is the one that I have enjoyed the most coming out of the theater since definitely since Clerks two and maybe since either Strike Back or Dogma uh, because I, I really like I I like Clerks two a lot more than most people do. Yeah. But there were just bits of it that didn't work for me. Um, even at the time, I remember being like that there was bits of it that didn't work for me. And, and whereas with this one... Oh, that's what we were actually... We were talking about uh, before we like try to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I was getting to was that even in that interview, mm -hmm. Smith admitted that like Jordan, the one of the producers on the movie, was married to Jay Mews. After, like, as they were watching the first edit, she pointed out to him, like this is clerks too for jay and silent Bob. so like this is not a new like yeah concept yeah, yeah. is that like and he he didn't realize it while writing it but yeah. he, you know um but yeah so that's it's it's going to be really interesting to see what the discourse is around this movie because i don't first of all i don't think there's going to be much in the way of discourse outside of the people who already are invested yeah. in, in yeah, yeah. kind of the, the, li the lines on kevin smith have yeah. weirdly been drawn um yeah yeah but uh yeah no i mean i i, I would put 
I like I the fact that the new moviepoopshoot.com kind of looks like comicbook.com, by the way. I don't know if you noticed the color scheme and the everything. Oh, no, I didn't like, notice. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think nice. that it's specifically us because, obviously, like, we have a, a look that is similar to, like, three other yeah, yeah, major entertainment yeah. sites. Although Kevin does But say Kevin that. does like us yes. a lot. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like I, – I actually, I, I, that's a thing that I should ask him next yeah. time because yeah. I, I didn't notice it on yeah. first watch. I, I noticed it again later, and I was just like, ah, shit. Unfortunately, it's also something that I could totally see Kevin be like, yeah, guy, it's totally you. Totally you. I'm like, whoa, Fuck I don't even it. think about it. But, yeah. <laughs> like, it's blue and yellow. Like, whatever. But, <laughs> well, I was thinking it's but, blue yeah. and white. If it was blue and yellow, then I would think, like, either Screen Rant or CBR or, like, one of those, you know. Oh, our logo's yellow. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking our, of... our logo's white now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of the original, uh, not the original, not but the, the original, original second, the second, second one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I anyway. actually, I recently was going through a bunch of photos and found my screenshots from like our thousandth and ten thousandth and hundred thousandth yeah. uh, Facebook likes. Yeah. And you could just see the evolution <laughs> of the logo over the course of the five years or whatever. Nice. Um, into something that looks like a logo. Um, but uh, I don't sorry, know. That, I didn't mind the yellow one. I didn't mind. It, I didn't mind it. Too that much. first one was terrible. Um, I don't know what the first first. The first one was, one was like comic book. Like generic comic book logo font. Oh yeah. Um, oh god no. No, I'm just. Re- I mainly I'm thinking of like because I like my my only interaction with it is yeah. is using it as watermarks on photos, yeah. and that one was a fucking pain in the ass. Like the yeah, what is it, it has the Kirby crackle around. Yeah, it. yeah, and it was just like oh. Because uh, I back then I also I believe I made the like the the like the PNG file yeah. like so it's like yeah. Um, or at least the version that I had because I could never get anyone to give me the original stuff. Which, ah, so much has changed. Yeah. Not at all. Actually, I actually I have the I have the entire font pack of that's everything. That's true. That's true. All the stuff that we never use anymore, like the Walking Dead fonts and the, yeah, whatever yeah. else. Um, I'm sure somebody on Facebook still uses this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, but yeah, no. Um, I I mean, I I, I would put. I, I think I like. Uh, I enjoyed. I think Clerks two more than I enjoyed this. Mm. Um, and you know maybe that has a Rosario Dawson and you know just the character yeah, and yeah. things like that. Because it was, I mean, it was just, it's again, it was like uh, dialogue and editing wise, it was a, it was a tighter picture, um, and but I mean, this one has a nice, uh, it's like cathartic a little bit. It's like if, if like he doesn't make another one, yeah, then like I'm okay. Like there's a lot, of, you know, it's like there's obviously there's other characters I guess yeah. to be closed up, but like I'm okay with that. I would, I, the one thing out of this film that like I definitely like, I would fucking goddamn love a like the the kids. Like to yeah, be the spinoff. Like I hope Kev does that because that would be fun to have. I mean, obviously to have Jane, Silent Bob, but like have them have their own picture yeah. because that like character group was was yeah. super fun. And I think that's probably a plan. And uh, what would be really funny, of course, is if like we get Millie and Soapy meeting the 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 girls from the uh, Walrus verse. Oh, uh, yeah. The 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 two girls that that they played in Walrus oh, or in in, in uh, Tusk and. Um, Yoga hosers. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that was the, the those characters. I don't know if you know those the girls originated mm-hmm. as like minor characters in uh, Tusk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so did Depp, Johnny Depp's character. Yeah. Um, but in any event, uh, yeah, I think that we're probably gonna see that. Um, certainly the Viewisk universe doesn't end with this, even though it does feel kind of like it could be a button. Yeah. Uh, the the next movie that Kevin Smith is shooting is gonna be Clerks Three. Um, yeah. Which he actually. Uh, successfully got Jay or got uh, Jeff Anderson to sign on for yes yeah uh, this time which that was like that that's been a, a consistent thing for the last several years is that uh, 
uh, not even several, the last several attempts. Part of the reason Clerks 2 took so long is because they had to get something that motivated Anderson to come out, because yeah. he's not really an actor, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Like, I think he's a dude who, like, this is a chunk <laughs> of his life because he did it once. <laughs> he's um, like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, but also, I kind of get the impression that there's some drama behind the scenes with him and Smith. There Certainly, that was the implication at Comic-Con when he announced Clerks 3, mm-hmm. and he said something along the lines of, like, in a world where I could get Ben Affleck to come back, I'm going to figure out how to get... Jeff Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And since, like, at the time there was perceived drama between Smith and Affleck, I like I felt like that was the implication there, yeah. is that something was... But in any event, uh, Clerks 3 is happening. I assume that we'll see at least one more movie with Millie. Like, certainly I think that, like, if Jay and Bob are there for more than window dressing yeah. in future movies, then, like, you, it behooves you to have Millie in him. Yeah. Um, which is great, because like you said, I think that the girls are... Or, like, I think that the, the, the younger characters uh, are a great kind of group of characters that have a lot of under underexploited potential. Yeah. Uh, it will be interesting to see whether Smith is the one who actually like were to write and direct those, or if it would be something that Harley or another female filmmaker did, yeah. uh, especially like there was a, there was a wink and a nod joke in this movie about how, uh, chasing Amy shouldn't have been written by a straight white guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn about that position, which is a thing we can get into on another podcast. Like, uh, the thing about Chasing Amy is, like, that there's a lot of elements in it that feel problematic because it's coming from a straight white guy, but, like, they, they're they being done specifically with, first of all, with his brother who's gay in mind. Like, the idea was that he wanted to make a movie that had LGBT content in it so that uh, his brother wasn't always watching shit that was just not him. Yeah. And so, that, you know, but also, like, on top of all that is the fact that, like, it it used like LGBT window dressing as essentially a, a a metaphor for shit that Kevin had gone through in his own personal life, and so like yeah. you can argue that like maybe there was a better way of doing that without using LGBT characters, but like I also kind of feel like it it was 1997 and nobody was doing really positive depictions of gay people, and mm-hmm. so maybe chasing Amy wasn't the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like the the presence of so many like prominent lesbian like figures like obviously Gwen Turner was in the movie mm-hmm. as well as referenced in the movie as well as a consultant on the movie and yeah. blah 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 anyway that's a whole other thing but like that that's a joke in this movie and I kind of yeah. feel like that almost sets the stage for like maybe if if Millie gets her own movie it has to be not Kevin who does it but I, I don't know that Kevin necessarily thinks that way yeah so yeah but uh, Jay could direct it. There you go. He did direct his own. <laughs> Which doesn't matter. <laughs> Same difference. But yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that was. All. And also the film we have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I can... actually, I actually enjoyed that film a lot. Yeah, yeah. and like, we might, yeah. we might have to like make that because we went to this movie with Logan, who has been on the Emerald City podcast a bunch of times, worked with them, worked with us in Emerald City Video, mm-hmm. uh, and his wife. But because his wife was there, he wanted to get home and didn't want to like stop and talk with us in the parking lot. <laughs> and so, I can't imagine why. Not. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, but so, and also, uh, uh, Steve, uh, who used to work in Emerald city for a really long time and has not been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve was supposed to have gone with us and he ended up getting caught in traffic coming back from his in-laws. And so what I may do is see if I can get Steve to come with me to the double feature on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then like the four of us can jump on and do a, like a slightly different look at the movie, uh, along with the J movie at a different time. Yeah. Uh, like maybe two months from now when the movie's getting a wider theatrical release or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I will add before we uh, go and, and do our, our 
evening things, uh, which isn't as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> it's not Hulu and Hump Day for us. No. Uh, but uh, is I is. Uh, that's true. <laughs> um, you can get it packaged with Disney Plus next month. Oh God. Uh, but so uh, the the last thing I will point out, just because it's it's something I should have mentioned early on, and if you watch this movie about five minutes in, it'll be super obvious. But mm-hmm. there's Easter eggs, floor to ceiling, and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, fuck. Like fuck and 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 some of it is like just like fucking Easter eggs, Easter eggs, yeah. like you know stuff that doesn't matter that's just there. Yeah. Uh, some of it is like stuff that's a little bit more fun in terms of like. There's a there's a scene where, uh, you know, they're ordering fast food and there's stuff that's going on like out to the glass door to yeah, yeah, yeah. to the restaurant, that like it's it 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 works really nicely because like that scene wouldn't be funny if it if you were seeing it up close but because you're seeing it through the back of the window and it's yeah, like, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, but like dopey stuff like that where it's like it's it is one of those movies where like. Uh, it feels a little bit inspired by like the Zack Snyder DC movies, where it's just like, no, every fucking inch of the screen has something <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the the people who like the people who deserve a lot of credit in this movie are the set design people and the sound design people. Uh, they they made this weird choice that I kind of dig in this to have every time somebody like makes like hand motions, which are usually filthy, yeah. uh, they have like appropriate sounds and it's at a really low level so it's hard to necessarily yeah, yeah. hear but it's like you'll you'll get like the jerk off motion and you hear like jerk off by the way this is why it's like you actually made me think about it and it's you know what it is because i one thing that like bothered me about the film is that mm-hmm. the sound wasn't there and it's a fucking fathom event i mean this is actually something that pisses yeah. me off every fathom event i've ever been to the sounds fucking the mix isn't there yeah. like because the speaker like there's there's some somebody speaking and it was just playing on like the front yeah, speaker that's right, yeah and so it was just like i felt like i'm watching a <laughs> tv movie at home for parts mm-hmm. of it and audio wise and i'm just like i know kevin like these films don't usually have like a full like 360 yeah, yeah, depth yeah. they're not dolby because they're not fucking that type of film but like this is this is we've seen a handful of them recently yeah. and i was just like oh yeah no fuck it you know it just must be the digital it does make you kind i don't of... know if we saw a digital like maybe in a inappropriate digital theater yeah. maybe it's not in that type of theater or something it, it does because make me wonder whether the, the Springsteen thing we're going back to in a week or so is gonna <laughs> not be ideal but that's a whole other thing yeah yeah no it just it again it just felt like like I actually this is actually uh, kind of a reverse thing like obviously go see it in theaters because fucking see it but like I actually really want to see this at home mm-hmm. um, not only because it it's again I, like at this point like I feel like I I I, ha- I never got to see uh, Yoga Hosiers in yeah. the theaters. I saw it at home. Like, and Kevin, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the last film that, like, Dogma, I'd probably be like, oh, fuck yeah, you got to see that in theaters. Right. Maybe Strike Back, you know, maybe kind of Strike Back, I don't know. But, like, everything else, I'm like, I like, I like them being at home mm-hmm. as opposed to the theater. Obviously, this was cool because we had Jay and Silent Bob sitting yeah, in front yeah, of us. Yeah, we had some cosplay. Um, <laughs> and uh, we did a, Emerald City Video hosted a, uh, like, yep. a, a meetup uh, through uh, meetup.com and, and Legion M, who were one of, like, they, they kicked in some money to this, which is like a fan collective mm-hmm. where, like, people buy in and can get, it's basically investing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, like, and, and so Legion M sent us a bunch of the lanyards that were, like, props from the movie from the convention scene. Yes. And so, like, I handed them out to, like, ten people in the theater because, like, we had a bunch of people who RSVP'd or, you know, who told me they were coming. 
and like yep. either were never coming and just kind of said it or didn't get a chance or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and so like I, I walked in, I gave us all our lanyards and then I just had like the rest of them and I just walked around the theater before it got crowded and like handed them to like literally the other six people in the theater 20 minutes beforehand. Yeah. And then uh, the rest of the people who came. Funny enough, one of the people who came, I'm guessing she must have been at New York Comic Con, because one of the people who came after the fact yeah. had the lanyard, and her boyfriend I, did not. So clearly yeah. I didn't give it to them, because yeah. I did not strand anybody when yeah, I gave yeah. Um And I have like I have one at home, so I would have given up mine if I was going to strand somebody. Yeah. Um, but so like it's, it's funny to me. I'm like, oh, I bet that girl got her lanyard at New York Comic Con, because... Like, otherwise, how did she get it? Because yeah. nobody but us was... I wouldn't have hosted a meetup, because yeah. I know, like, it's Syracuse. Nobody's going to come. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have hosted a meetup if not for the fact that, like, yeah, no, there, when I tried to find a meetup around here, there wasn't one. Yeah. Uh, but in any event, because of that, we got to, like, we, we were there with a cosplayer there, mm-hmm. and we were there, like, with us and a bunch of other people in the thing wearing our, our Chronicon lanyards <laughs> yes. and, and Chronicard uh, badges. Uh, which I just showed to the non-existent camera for our podcast. So, but, well, I uh, mean, you know, one thing that podcasts are—they're a really strong visual medium. It's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> ironically, I literally think that that joke—I stole that joke from uh, behind the bastards. Behind the bastards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually—I thought you were intentionally stealing it because we, we always. I like got halfway through the joke and I'm like, that's why I actually was reminded of it anyway. But yeah. 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 Uh, see, the funny thing is, I was I was going to point it out to you sideways by by just like instead of saying that, I was just going to point like, out you're like hacking a fraud. No, no, I was, I was going to say I was going to say that, and also you can't you can't edit audio. That's true. Uh, because as long as we're going to steal the bit, but you know. Uh, all right, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I don't know when you're going to drop this. Probably tonight. Uh, tonight. Uh, then uh, obviously on Thursday. I I think Thursday. I. I wish I could make it on Thursday because I would actually like to see them back yeah, to the, back in the, that way. On Thursday, um, for anybody who's thinking about going to the Fathom events on yeah. Thursday, it's a double feature, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Yeah. This one was not a double feature. We just saw the new movie, and they gave you posters instead, yeah. which I'm sure people will be selling on eBay <laughs> if you want them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, and it and it actually seems to have, like, a really... I mean, we had three theaters showing it, which mm-hmm. is, I was really fucking surprised. Yeah, we had Because usually we don't get... Area. You get one theater is yeah. showing a Phantom, uh, um, you Phantom know, release. Yeah. So Fathom, not Phantom. Yeah, uh, Yeah, and then... And, and considering that we were at Shopping Town, mm-hmm. uh, which was the perfect place to see it because there was an extended <laughs> joke about how malls are dying. Uh, <laughs> yes. It, Jeff, if you're listening, uh, you will love that bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, that... It, it, you, we were watching it in a mall that is dying, yeah. and it was it was kind of everybody self consciously giggled. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, especially uh, with the rat joke. Yeah. But anyway. But considering that, <laughs> considering that, uh, considering we were seeing it at Shopping Town, which of yeah. the three is the one I figured would have like five people show up. Yeah. It, it I mean, it had twenty people show up, which yeah. still isn't like filling the theater or anything, but yeah. like twenty <laughs> people showing up to fucking anything at Shopping Town Mall. Yeah, yeah. It's a respectable showing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, all right. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, be sure to be back here by noon on the fifth day for more from Emerald City Video. And always remember to rewind your cassettes. A-E-E-N.